right, all right. Join the Journey family, friends, and guests. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are reading Proverbs 22 and specifically taking a look at verse 3 as it uniquely may be applied to abusive situations. Verse 3 reads, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. John Elmore gave an excellent message at Regent on this topic, so for the remainder of our time, we're going to do two things. I'm going to share some of his thoughts, which can be found in full through the link in the episode description, and then we're going to spend the remainder of our time on today's episode breaking down today's key verse. When it comes to encountering abusive situations, some of us are wildly unprepared. Were a friend to come forward, we wouldn't know what to do or where to turn besides recognizing that they need help. Others of us, We're well-trained to handle abusive situations, and unfortunately, it's nothing new. And then for some of us, we're all too familiar because we've personally experienced abusive situations, and that grieves God's heart. It's a result of the sin and brokenness in our world, and we hate it. So to start us off, I'm going to walk through some of the principles John covered. He says, hey, a person who has suffered abuse has experienced a profound breach of trust. That's where it starts, a breach of trust. Intimate parts of his or her life have been taken, not surrendered, by another through control, manipulation, or power, sometimes by a loved one, a confidant, or a person of authority. This violation can create emotional turmoil, distort a person's understanding of love and relationships, and generate significant questions about God. The abused person may wonder if he or she is lovable at all. Thankfully, God loves people who have suffered due to the sins of others. Christ understands suffering and abuse. God offers true love, sacrificial, unconditional love, and hope for healing to those who have been wounded deeply by sin. As Psalm 34, 18 reads, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And that psalm is true. But the causes of brokenheartedness may vary, or they can vary. They do vary, which is a reality of this broken world that we hate, I hate it, and God, more than anyone, hates. John goes on to explain some different scenarios abuse can create or can be caused by. He says, abuse can be ongoing or a single event and can happen to anyone. It can come at the hands of a stranger, authority figure, friend, or a trusted family member. Sometimes memories of abuse are detailed and intact, but other times they can be vague and distant. It's common for victims to minimize or dismiss memories of abuse. Sufferers of abuse can even convince themselves that the abuse didn't really affect them. Abuse can lead to isolation and secrecy. Sharing about abuse can be frightening and feel impossible. Sometimes victims lie to themselves to protect the secret. Lies such as, it was a long time ago and it wasn't that bad, or it doesn't really affect me now. Disregarding or minimizing abuse, however, makes it hard to see connections between the abuse you experienced and your own struggles today. People who have suffered abuse often carry feelings of false guilt and shame. Abusers often try to convince victims that they were willing participants or that the abuse is their fault. No matter what your abuser said and no matter how you may have responded, the abuse was not your fault. Sometimes people fault God for their abuse and blame God for not preventing the harm. After abuse, people might wonder if God really exists or cares. 
Some doubt that God could still love them because they feel so damaged. But God did not cause your abuse. Abuse is the result of your abuser's choice to exercise his or her free will inappropriately. God hates abuse and grieves the pain and loss it has caused. Coping with the pain of abuse can lead to many harmful lifestyle choices and sinful patterns over time. Abuse damages a person's body, mind, and spirit, and if its effects can show up in any area of life, physical, emotional, psychological, relational, and even spiritual problems are often rooted in the pain of abuse. Now, reading through that list of six abuse scenarios and responses, my heart is heavy. And I'm not naive enough to think that none of our listeners have ever encountered one, if not multiple, of the things on that list. The good news is John goes on to offer hope, and this hope is available to all who are listening and and even who aren't. He says, God is real. He knows about the evil done to you, and he hates it. Abuse may have left you feeling deserted by God, but God did not abandon you. He was always present and pursuing. He saw it all. He knows your suffering. And though you may not understand why God allowed your abuse, you can know that he hates and grieves over your pain. He will bring justice for what was done to you. Psalm 56, 8, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And Lamentations 3, 55 through 59, I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me. O Lord, judge my cause. God can heal your shame and restore your life and true identity. It's easy to accept the lies of dirty, broken, worthless, or unlovable when you've been abused. But you matter to God. Jesus came to rescue you from sin's lies and destruction. Through Christ's blood, God offers you a new identity as his child, clean, righteous, valuable, pure, and loved. Regardless of what you have suffered and any sinful choices you've made, God has a wonderful plan for your life that is not defined by sin. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 or Ephesians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In his next point, isolation and secrecy are traps that lock us into a cycle of unhealthy beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors. But... Honesty about harms to us and harms by us moves us out of hiding into the light where we can experience healing and true fellowship with God and others. It moves us into safety. We can be fully known and fully loved. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And 1 John 1, 17, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But remember, you are not responsible for abuse against you. You are responsible for the unhealthy ways that you may have coped with the pain of abuse. Distinguishing between your abuser's sin against you and your own sinful responses to the abuse will clarify your steps of healing. Thankfully, Christ left us an example to follow. 1 Peter 2, 21-23 
For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Forgiveness frees you to work through your own pain and sin honestly. Forgiveness, despite common belief, is not forgetting, excusing, denying, or freeing abusers from consequences of sin. Forgiveness is entrusting justice for the abuse to Christ. It may feel impossible, but forgiveness ultimately frees you to experience God's peace. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. Healing from abuse is most definitely found primarily through Jesus Christ. Though, healing can also be accelerated or even strengthened as the Lord moves through more practical measures like counseling, for example. But safety from abuse, safety from abuse alone is a different question. And that is the reason why we've chosen to use today's episode to talk about abuse. The topic really is safety. So what does it mean to be safe? The Oxford Dictionary describes safety as the condition of being protected from or unlikely to cause danger, risk, or injury. And the Got Questions website puts it like this in their article on safety. In an increasingly unsafe world, people are seeking safety and security. Armies face each other across vast deserts. Nations arm themselves with nuclear weapons. Radical ideologies endanger millions. Closer to home, we face threats to our safety and that of our families every day. Physical safety is paramount in the minds of many, and the Bible has much to say about safety, both physical and spiritual. The ups and downs recorded in the book of Judges clearly link ancient Israel's national safety to their obedience to God's word. Now note, we're talking about national safety in that instance in particular, not safety from abuse. The Hebrew word translated safety in the Old Testament means a place of refuge, security, trust, confidence, hope. Proverbs 18.10 describes the name of the Lord as a strong tower into which the righteous run and find safety. Safety also involves trusting in the Lord, according to Proverbs 29.25. The New Testament does not ignore physical safety. Jesus spoke of carrying a sword for protection, Luke 22, and Paul was kept safe from those who would harm him physically on several occasions, see Acts 9, 17, 19, and 23. However, the New Testament focuses more on spiritual safety, i.e. salvation. Jesus and the New Testament writers had a great deal to say about being saved. Spiritual safety is found in only one place, faith in the shed blood of Christ and payment for our sin and in his resurrection. John 3, Acts 2, Acts 4, Romans 10, and Ephesians 2. Jesus came into the world to provide spiritual safety and eternal security to all who would believe in him. The need for physical safety pales in comparison to the universal need for spiritual safety. One may be in great danger in this world of physical harm and still have the assurance of an eternity of security in heaven. We fear not those who can only harm the body yet never touch the soul. Matthew 10, 28, and the article concludes. But all in all, it's clear throughout the entirety of the scriptures that God's heart for his people is that they might be safe. But that doesn't mean that we won't encounter trials or troubling scenarios. This world is broken, as Jesus said in John 16, 33. 
So when we encounter such dangers, troubles, or situations that are in fact not safe, what are we to do? Proverbs 22.3, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. What does that mean? When the wise encounter danger, when they are physically not safe, they do anything they can to get away. If you or someone you know is experiencing abuse, they are physically in danger, God's will for you is to get out. And we would love to help you. If you're encountering a harmful situation, either yourself or walking alongside a friend, how can you wisely move forward toward freedom or how can you help them wisely move toward freedom? Here at Watermark and Join the Journey, we would love to help. If you're not sure where to turn or what to do, check out the resources we've linked in the episode description or shoot us an email at jointhejourney@watermark.org. Additionally, you can come up to our North Dallas campus and there will be a pastor available who would love to talk and pray with you. No matter where you find yourself, though I hope you're safe, be reminded that regardless of what you've experienced, past or present, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants you to be safe. That's all we've got time for today. So as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.